your financial plan will be tested time after time. You need a plan you know will withstand the test of time. Welcome to the Tempest podcast with Daniel Pakin, Robert Schlesinger and the rest of the team from Tempest Financial Group. In this podcast, we help business owners and families create a financial plan rooted in fundamental financial principles. Join us for this journey where we explore time-tested financial, retirement and tax strategies built to protect, save and grow through a lifelong relationship. Let the show begin. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to our show. Really excited to kick things off today. We have a special guest, good friend of ours and really important strategic relationship. And just to set the stage a little bit for today, these first several episodes are really taking all of you listeners through our process and why our process is the way that it is. And the first topic and really the first conversation we have with our clients is really around property and casualty insurance, specifically liability protection, your homeowners, your auto, professional liability, things of that nature. And we're going to get into all of that in greater detail today. But let me start with the why. Why is this an important conversation? Why do we start here with our clients? Because we talk about a lot. We talk about building plans for our clients. Uh, We talk about insurance strategies, savings programs, how to manage debt, good debt versus bad debt. And ultimately, um, we're going to get into investment strategies and tax efficiency and all of that. But it's all susceptible to change and it's all vulnerable in the in, in the matter of a, a quick, simple instant of not making sure that your liability protection is where it should be and buttoned up and appropriate to your situation. We'll, we'll explain a little bit more as to why that is, but I'm going to let Dan here introduce our special guest, uh, Michael Silverman. All right. Good job, Rob. This is it. This is our first, the training wheels are off. First real podcast here. I think we're, <laughs> I think we're off and running here. Yes. Michael Silverman. How are you, Michael? I'm great. Thank you for having me. All right. Thank you for being our guest. I'm going to give you a little, little bio here on Michael. I've known you for... I think like 16 years now we go back, but Michael is somebody who I've worked with personally, but also um, works with many of the Tempest clients. And um, he specifically handles property and casualty insurance. And what is property and casualty insurance? Well, we'll ask Michael about that, but that's your auto insurance, your homeowner's insurance, liability insurance, a lot of other things that he'll talk about. But um, yes, Michael has been, doing this uh, since 1988, so 35 years in the business, um, third generation. So dad was in the insurance business, grandpa was in the insurance business, so it's it's very much in the blood. Um, what else can I tell you? Michael was um, involved in his town, so he's from Livingston, New Jersey, and he was the mayor of Livingston, New Jersey uh, for for some time. Um, and he had his own business, his own agency for many, many years, started in 1991, sold it in 2019 and has now, um, started another business cause he didn't really want to retire. He must really like doing this. Um, and that is, um, silver linings agency. So, um, Michael, thank you for joining us. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. And you know, you hit the nail on the head when I said, I love what I do for a living. 
That's why I couldn't retire. <laughs> it's good. Well, somebody's got to love this. So, um, <laughs> so Michael, I'm going to start this off with um, almost like we're in a client meeting, and and I think that you know you'll you'll give a little bit more color to this, but. Um, this is typically where we start. So this is, we're in an order that Rob had talked about. We, the first sort of, uh, area of conversation we talk about is protection in particularly liability protection. And that is important because really that relates to your, your car insurance, your homeowner's insurance, renter's insurance, things like that. And the main concern here is liability protection, which is really, really the big threat. So I'm going to talk to you. I want to I want to start by talking about what is liability insurance? What is what's important about that? I want to talk about the differences in companies. You know, we see there's a lot of companies out there. What are the differences? And then we'll talk a little bit about why it's really, really important to have a relationship with somebody in this area. So let's start off. We Most people have some sort of property and casualty insurance, car, car insurance, or they're renting a home. Um, what is liability insurance? What's important to know about that? What does that mean? The simplest way of putting a definition of liability is not in insurance language or that. In plain old English, liability is the damage to someone physically or someone's property. So if I get hurt, someone caused me to be injured, that's a liability exposure on their end. If you're driving your car and you I'm stopped at a red light and you fail to stop and you hit me in the rear, you damaged my property. Thankfully, no one was injured, but the car was damaged. Damage to someone's property. That's liability insurance. It is as simple as that. Damage to someone physically or damage to someone's property. So we'll often see, unlike auto insurance, everyone knows, you'll see bodily uh, bodily injury liability, maybe it'll be like 100,000 slash 300,000 or something like that. What does that mean? So that is 100,000 slash 300,000 is the most common auto coverages written in the industry. And the reason for that is the leasing companies require a certain amount of insurance. 100, 300 is the minimum they allow. So now what does 100, 300 mean? If you're driving along and you're in an automobile accident and you hit somebody else, the most your policy will pay is $100,000 per person in the other car, but the total claim cannot exceed 300,000. So any one person can receive 100,000, but if you hurt four people in a car and everybody's hurt to the max, the most your policy will pay is 300,000. Most people, they're getting their car. They're not thinking about this. I need to get car insurance where it's out there. Get the cheapest stuff you can get, right? Say 15%, all that stuff. They sign up for that. What happens, let's just say that they are driving and they get into an accident and they injure somebody or worse, they kill somebody and that person was making a good living, maybe $100,000, $200,000. What now happened? What does that mean? And what are they covered for? If they hurt that one person 
or killed that one person, the most their policy will pay is $100,000. After that, anything that a court deems the person to be negligible for, the person who hit the other party, they got to find the money out of pocket. That's, Whether it be and, from and, savings, from investments, from, from anywhere that they can find it. But the insurance company stops at $100,000 in that scenario. And that's, that's what I was, sorry, Michael. No, please go right ahead. <laughs> no, but that's exactly what I was saying in my opening remarks, where that's why we start with this conversation, because we can build the greatest investment portfolio known to man, but it's all vulnerable in that example. So we want to make sure, right, in that event, yes, your auto is going to pay you out at this amount, but I think there are some additional things you can do to structure your liability protection in a more meaningful and appropriate way. And I think we're going to get into that too. Yeah, well, good. Our so, goal, uh, I'm sorry, Dan, our goal when we're working with a client is to be sure that the protection line of their portfolio, liability, property, exposures that they have cannot then affect everything else that they have built. So as long as we have the proper liability protection in place, okay, great. It is a horrible thing that someone was injured, that you were in an automobile accident, that there was a fire, that there was this, but it's not going to affect long-term your investments or your savings or anything like that. Got it. So, so the situation where you have a hundred thousand of liability, you've you're now in in a lawsuit well we know now they can go after your balance sheet right and our job is to make sure that risk is transferred and their balance sheet is protected and all the good planning that we've done for them stays intact so how do you do that what are the what are the steps to make sure you've hedged that risk and transferred that risk we look at first what are the exposures someone has a home whether it is a single family house a an, a rental apartment, a co-op or a condo, it doesn't matter. These are all forms of home ownership, even if they are a tenant. We look at what is the liability limit on that policy for the home section. That is, other than automobile related, the first line of defense for anyone's liability exposure anywhere in the world. So if I should go skiing in Vail, Colorado, come down the mountain, I'm not a very good skier, and I take out 14, 15, 16 people because I don't know how to stop me, and I get sued, the first place that the liability protection comes into play is from my homeowner's policy whether it be 300, 500, or a million dollars, whatever it is, that's the first place. Now, we are not dealing with business insurance yet. We're not dealing with auto-related. This is just an, oh my goodness, something happened anywhere in the world. I want to keep harping on that. Now, I may have $500,000 of liability coverage, but my example is I took out 15, 20 people. Some of them may have been really hurt we always look to be sure that the extra liability protection up and above the home and the auto is what's called an umbrella liability policy. This is as simple as that. An umbrella, which is over you, 
protecting over everything you own for additional coverage, whether it's one house, two homes, vacation homes, rented to others' homes, four cars, two cars, one car, jet skis, boats, motorcycles. These are all things that open you up to events, exposures, accidents. The umbrella would then go over that. And an umbrella policy comes in increments of millions, starts at one and can go up as high as 100 million. It's not the most frequent number that we look at <laughs> when we're talking to Mr. and Mrs. Client, but we can talk 1 million, 2 million, 3 million, 4 million, 5 million, 10, 15. So there are all different numbers that we look at what is the potential economic exposure that someone may have, that's what we want to protect. To protect yourself, there's adjustments that you need to make on your underlying auto insurance and your homeowners or renters insurance, right? But there's limits to how much they can go up. So we want to get something called an umbrella policy that sits on top of that. And I think you started to answer this already, but this is the question that I get asked a lot, which is how do you determine how much of an umbrella policy you should have? How do we know how much that should be? I know you kind of said it depends, but how, how could you help somebody in determining that? It, it is a, it's a great question with a terrible answer. The terrible answer is you're right. It depends. No one knows. And there, there's never enough. But when we counsel people, when we're talking to people, what are the value of your assets? What is your net worth? What are your exposures? Hey, I have three motorcycles, two jet skis. Stuff can happen on those. So they're more likely to happen. What is your earned income? What is your potential earned income? Well, I think what that's, that's important, right? Because in a lawsuit, not only can they go after your assets, but they can go after a percentage of your earned income moving forward. So someone could be in a situation- your wages. Right, yes. so you could be in a situation where for many years you're paying a family because you didn't have the proper liability protection. So your, your, your earnings is a factor in determining the amount of liability coverage you should have too, correct? Absolutely. And we look at, we'll talk to someone and we start with, what are the value of your assets? That's a good place to start. Double it, double it again, and now earn, add in your joint income for the next five years. Yep. Now, that's just a number. Whatever the number is, it doesn't matter. That's a conversation to start. That doesn't mean everybody purchases an umbrella policy at that level. Sure. Our goal is to get coverage and protection in place. If we have to grow with somebody because, hey, they can't afford the annual outlay for a $5 million umbrella right now, we get them three. Three is better than none. Mm -hmm. And I think obviously cost is always a factor in these conversations. And as I'm sure you'll tell us, there's a lot of factors that can go into cost. Like what are some of the factors that can affect premiums for people? Are we talking umbrella coverages or are we everything? Okay. So if we talk about, let's start with a home, a one, a single family dwelling, if you will, someone buys a beautiful house out in New Jersey, Connecticut, Pennsylvania, doesn't matter where it is. 
The number one thing an insurance company looks at on a homeowner's policy, first, first thing we look at is what will it cost to rebuild the full structure of the home in the event of a fire or a disaster? That affects the insurance premium. How much stuff, contents, personal property do you have in the house? Yeah. Jewelry, artwork. Did you put in beautiful woodworking throughout the house? These are all things that affect homeowners premiums. Mm -hmm. Where you Automobile. live, I would think too. Are you? Absolutely. Are you, that was going to earthquakes or hurricanes, right? Correct. Are you near the water? Are you not near the water? Are you on a fault line? These things affect premium. Automobile, number one thing, your driving record. Then we look at what kind of car you have. Mm -hmm. And people say to me, well, my car is only $20,000. Well, in a $20,000 automobile, you can kill someone as easily as with a $100,000 automobile. So the value mm -hmm. of the car has an impact in parts of the coverage, but not in the liability. You are the liability exposure. The physical car is not. Yep. So obviously a more expensive car generally comes with more expensive repairs in the event that it's total that costs more so that does add to the premium and i think how many people are on the policy husband and wife children young drivers where are you living where is the car garaged and we're very careful with that because we don't want to cross the line of insurance fraud but a lot of people like to insure it at their secondary location what we talk to people about is if the car's not really there all the time, let's not insure it there. The differential in premium frequently is not great enough. It's enough, but not great enough to warrant the exposure that an insurance company should say you're playing games. I think, uh, Michael, insurance companies may also assess the risk differently. One insurance company may see it one way than another insurance company. I think one of the the value I know that you bring to our clients is you're comparing, you're looking at different companies to see how one might price better than another in a different situation, correct? Different situation, different region. One company may be very well priced in Manhattan, but their rates and their rating classifications in Brooklyn are terrible or in New Jersey or in Connecticut. That's that is one of the things Tempest and we bring to the table to a client as we go out to the marketplace. What are the options where I am, not globally, I wanna know where I am as to what companies are best in my area. Well, I think I'm a perfect example of that, right? I mean, in Brooklyn, I have one carrier and in upstate, you know, you have me with another carrier, right? Um, so yeah, you're, you're clearly tracking that and making sure, you know, from a claims experience and pricing standpoint, all of those are going into, um, the analysis of what makes the most sense for them or us. I will also be asked frequently, well, isn't it less expensive to have everything with one company? Mm -hmm. Terrific question. Again, the same lousy answer. It depends. Right. And I say that only because if. The homeowner's rate is terrific in this area, but that company doesn't have great auto rates. Does it make sense 
to be there. Or if they have, if the client has a terrible driving record, we may not be able to write it with that insurance company. So we are constantly looking at true full portfolios with one company, splitting it up a little bit, moving it around. So that is something that's very, very important in our discussions with, with a prospect, with a client as to what company for this versus that. And uh, along those lines, Michael, because you know you watch television, there's a commercial every five seconds for auto insurance or homeowners insurance. What is is there a difference in these companies, and what is the difference? There are always differences in companies. Yes, the number one thing we look at price, as you started to say before, is always a factor. We can't make it the only factor. The difference in companies is claims mentality. Okay, So if someone buys a $300,000 home, wonderful, enjoy it, going to live a great life in it, hopefully, and we're going to insure it with this insurance company because they're good at that box, that price range. You buy a $5 million home, that company may not train its claims people to adjust a $5 million claim because people with $5 million homes have more stuff generally than those with a 300,000. Doesn't make it better or worse. It just makes it different. And that's our job. Our job is to know the carriers, to know who is where and who handles claims in a certain way. Every company has a reputation. The one thing I do want to dispel is that insurance companies don't want to pay claims. That is the furthest thing from the truth. Insurance companies are built and designed to pay claims. They just want to pay them properly. You know, when someone says, oh, the insurance company doesn't want to pay the claim. No, 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 no. They want to pay the claim. They just want to do it properly and by the contract. Yep. So depending on your situation, what you have, one company is a better fit for you than another company. And yeah, I think, you know, we all pay for this stuff and we have it and we have it in case something goes wrong. And unfortunately, oftentimes people find this out too late, right? I think there's stories where like, we'll cover one coat of paint, but not two coats of paint, things like that. Yes, maybe you pay a little bit more, but you really find out what what that means if something goes wrong which is which is the reason we have this and and then again price is important not always the end result the not always the number one thing but even when you start getting into the minutiae of a policy jewelry does if you're insuring a pair of earrings and one earring is lost do you only get half the value or do you get the full value? How does that work? These are things we talk about with clients. There's something called pair and set clause. Not every company offers it. Mm -hmm. So if you lose one, it's deemed as if you lost both. You give the insurance company the, the single and you get paid the full amount, go buy whatever you want. Do you have agreed value on your jewelry? Or can the insurance company replace the jewelry? Some yep. people, it doesn't matter. Some people, it does. we always want to bring those ideas, thoughts, 
coverage differences to our clients so that they can make an informed economic decision. So Michael, you, you are what's called, I believe, like an independent property and casualty broker, correct? Correct. And yes. what, what is the value of somebody working with someone like you, as opposed to just calling up your, you know, the 1-800 number at an insurance company and dealing with that? Like what, what do you do? Well, first of all, I represent the individual, the client. I represent many carriers, but my allegiance is to the client. I do not, I am not married to an insurance company. So that's number one. Number two, when you dial my office phone number, my direct line, my cell phone number, I answer. Hi, Michael. When you dial 1-800, you don't know who you're getting. They don't know who you are. They don't know why you purchased this product and when. They don't know the backstory. It's like anything else. It's about relationships. We always want to be sure that when someone gets engaged, the, the ring is properly insured. But we also want to know when that engagement doesn't go through, that we can properly uninsure the ring. Yeah, let's hope there's not too many of those. <laughs> there are not too many, but it does happen. But what we look to do, but we're having conversations with our clients all the way through the process. Those are the silly little things, but they make a difference in, oh my goodness, on a Saturday afternoon, major storm in, in New Jersey, tree hit my car. What do I do? You call 1-800, they may be in the Midwest somewhere. They don't even know it's raining here. Now, are they going to help you? Absolutely. I'm not going to tell you they're not. But if I'm around, I'm answering the phone and I'm, I might even come to your house. Yes. It's I mean, I, I think that's the big thing is when something goes wrong, we have this stuff, we don't know what's in it. And now we got to figure out what it all means. And I think I can tell you firsthand from the claim that I had uh, after owning a car for, uh, I think, three days, and then a tree fell on the car in my driveway. And uh, what did I do? Well, I called Michael Silverman. And you walked me through what to do. And that was very reassuring. So really, really valuable to have a relationship when that happens. I know Rob Scott, sorry, I know many of my clients have stories of things going wrong and, and you being there to help people. And it's not even just claims. I, I When we leased a car, it was a Saturday. I texted you, I needed to get the information needed. You were there. So that that relationship is is invaluable. And sometimes it's not about filing the claim. It's about whether or not you should file the claim. Not every event should be filed as a claim. Mm -hmm. We should talk about that. Why not? Because we've had three in the last two in the last two weeks or because it's so little over the deductible. It doesn't make economic sense to file. But these are conversations we have. If you call mm -hmm. the insurance company to file a claim, that conversation's not had. The conversation is, okay, happy to take your information. We'll file the claim. Now it's on the record. So you're, yeah. you're, you're acting as an advocate and an advisor. You're helping people determine what they should do. 
I think what people want and sometimes don't know that they want in this situation is very much like what my experience has been. I mean, my car got totaled while I was parked. You know, my wife lost one of her diamond studs. And both of those occasions, it was a phone call and sometimes a text message to Michael. Am I good? <laughs> with, with a response that says, yes, you're good. Like, I don't want to know how the policies work. I don't need to get into the details. I just want to know in that situation. And, you know, luckily those weren't any, you know, any major disasters or anything like that. But these things do happen. I just want someone that I know and trust and have a relationship with to tell me you're good. And, and Rob, I appreciate that. You, you hit the nail on the head when you said, yes, it was a car. It was earrings. But then we take it to another level when someone gets hurt in an automobile accident. Mm -hmm. As Dan started in the introduction, he mentioned that I've been doing this for 35 years, third generation in the business. We've seen too many bad things happen over the years. Things get fixed, things get replaced. People can't always be fixed. So we want to make sure that whether you are on the side of the accident that caused it or you are unfortunately the injured party, we want to make sure that you are properly protected and advised as to what to do. And again, they're not always major incidents. I got a call this past Saturday from a woman who was pulling into a parking spot at her gym on a Saturday morning. Her cell phone rang while she was pulling into the spot and she scraped the entire side of the car parked next to her. Oh my goodness, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, what do I do, what do I do, what do I do? And we walked her through the process. Leave a note, don't worry about it, we'll take care of it. Tell them to get it, you know. And like anything else, nothing came of it other than a few thousand dollars not looking to poo-poo a few thousand dollars, of dent and paint repair. Mm -hmm. No one got hurt, but she didn't even know what to do. Thankfully, it was her first time having an accident of any, any nature. But this is what we do. There is no difference between what we do on the property and casualty side at Tempest and at Silver Lining and planning. We always want to try to look forward what might, what could occur? The same way as I know that when you're doing your planning with your clients, you're not asking what they need. What do they want? What are their dreams? What are the desires? Think globally, think big. On the property and casualty side, we do the same thing. Our clients don't know because they're too busy doing what they do. Let's have a conversation around what's important to you. Michael, I know we're, uh, I can't believe we're at 30 minutes already. And I know we're trying to keep this uh, around 35 minutes or so, but I want to get to two things before we're done here. What's going on in the property, property and casualty industry? It seems like premiums are going up. There's a lot in the news. Why is this happening? What, what, what's going on? What are you seeing? Well, there are a lot of things going on. Yes, premiums are skyrocketing. Coverages are skyrocketing. Legislation is causing havoc in the insurance industry. So now let's back up. Why 
why does it cost more to rebuild a house today than it did in 2018? COVID. The supply chain is still brutal to get lumber, to get tile, to get bricks. It costs so much more today to build a house, the identical house, than it did in 2018. It affects insurance coverages and therefore premiums. There have been more claims in the last four years, and we're just using the New York metropolitan area as an example, home, auto, et cetera, than in the previous five to 10 windows of four years. Wow. We're just more claims. Hmm. The number one claim in New York City, co-ops and condos, the number one claim, non-weather-related water damage. These apartment buildings are old. So are the pipes. Mm-hmm. And think about it. If a pipe breaks in your apartment and you can't live in your apartment, what portion of the policy comes into play? Property, all my stuff is damaged. The apartment itself, I need to repair. And where am I gonna live? Mm-hmm. Additional living expenses. These, these coverages have gotten crazy because claims are being paid. Now, I, I mentioned legislative. Each state regulates insurance. Insurance is not federally regulated. New Pennsylvania has laws, New York has laws, has laws, California. Every state has its own rules and regulations. And in certain states, the insurance companies are not being granted the rate increases that they need to offset losses, or they are being granted that, but they're not allowed to take certain things out of policies that they don't want to include anymore. Why? Because those things happen. They don't want to pay for it. So a lot of moving parts affect premiums. The two worst states in the union right now to insure anything, Florida and California. Fires, earthquakes, hurricanes, legislative. Hmm. Yeah, it seems like there's just a a few... and it seems like there's a few uh, natural disasters that happen in those states regularly. And by the right. way, it's not just those states. You get into Texas. Who would have thought a couple of years ago Texas would have ice storms? Colorado. Things happen. That's why we're here. Don't get me wrong. That's why we're here. But premiums follow coverages, and as coverages need to be increased. So are premiums. Michael, this has been great. Before we go, we've been talking a lot about homeowners insurance and auto insurance and umbrella policies and things like that. But property and casualty insurance covers a lot more than that. Share, can you share a little bit of what else that is encompassed in that conversation? Some of the other things that you have conversations with your clients with? Whether it's personal or business insurance, Liability is always a discussion. Property is always a discussion. Cyber liability is a hot topic, mm-hmm. both personally, cyber bullying, hot topic. People getting into your phishing and getting into your bank accounts, cyber liability coverage. Also on the business insurance side, 
employment practice liability. If you own a business and you have employees, what happens when you are accused of wrongfully terminating someone, sexual harassment, anything? These things are coverable. One thing that we, we see missed the most frequent, if someone owns a business and has a retirement plan, whether it's a pension plan, a profit sharing plan, a 401k plan, the law says mm -hmm. you must have what's called an ERISA bond. That protects your employees from the trustee stealing the money. Easy, simple to get, and very, very inexpensive. But it has to be discussed. The layman, the businessman, doesn't always know that that need is needed. And then the most frequently personal insurance product that's undersold, flood insurance. Because flood insurance is excluded from almost all homeowners policies. It is a separate policy. Some will write it on the homeowners, but it's a separate policy inside the policy got, got it. it and then there's things pet insurance right you didn't even mention that and marine, there are a lot of movie boat professional insurance, right? insurance. yes airplanes people own airplanes yeah toys jet skis motorcycles hey if you if your kid has an electric bike does it have to be properly insured or if you have a golf cart how is that supposed to be insured? Oh, I don't register it. It stays on the property. It only goes to the, to the club in our development. Does that need to be insured? Yes. I say yes. <laughs> but differently than if it goes out on the public roads. Mm. So there are a lot of moving parts. You got to talk to a professional. That's, 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 that's the theme here. This, this was awesome. Super informative. I think even I learned uh, one or two things I didn't already know. Um, especially when I get a golf cart. <laughs> Any closing remarks? Thank you for having me. You know, the number one thing that I always say to people is don't be afraid to open up your insurance policy and ask questions. Mm -hmm. We're here. That's what we're here for, for Tempest clients. We are open to having conversations. We can't write every piece of it. We can't beat your premium every time. You might have a great policy. There are good insurance people out there other than me. What we look to do is just make sure you understand what you have and understand what you don't have. You may have made that decision not to have. Just want to make sure you understand that. Mm -hmm. Understood. This has been awesome. You've been great, Michael. I think this was really valuable. Thank you very much for joining us. And hopefully, hopefully I won't be calling you with, with any claims anytime soon. No, just, just new cars and new pieces of jewelry for your wives. Yeah. Yes. That's Let's that. keep it at that. Yeah. I like that. That'll, that'll <laughs> be coming for sure. <laughs> All right, Michael. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Tempest podcast. Visit our website at tempest-financial.com or give us a call at 516-672-0784. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Tempest Financial Group. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. 
This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by PIS, Guardian, or Tempest Financial Group, LLC, and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. Robert Schlesinger and Daniel Piankin are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS. Securities products and advisory services offered through PAS member FINRA SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Tempest Financial Group, LLC is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. Robert Schlesinger's California Insurance License Number 0H91023. Danielle Pankin's California Insurance License Number 0I17252.